Welcome to the Creation Care Podcast. This is C.T. Anderson. So happy to be back. Um, I took a break for a couple of weeks because of the COVID pandemic. Um, thought it was nice to really focus on myself and my family, one. But more importantly, I didn't want to add to the noise um, unless it was valid. Um, and so I figured out a way to share continue to share stories of positive environmental and social impact, even as we go through this pandemic. Um, I think that's very important. And um, um, at first I thought, well, what, where does my voice fit? But I realized that the creation care movement actually fits very well in times of crisis. Um, and so um, here we are. Um, today I had to write a list of things that I was grateful for. And so I'll share that with you guys. Um, I'm grateful for being able to work from home. Um, it's been rocky of trying to figure out my, my space and my timing and sticking to my routine. Um, taking a shower every day is definitely a deal breaker. It definitely helps everything for me anyway. Um, being able to use my own bathroom. I have a huge fear of public restrooms. I get anxiety every time I use a public restroom. And so I'm super excited that, um, I don't have to worry about that right now. Um, and then lastly, and this is related to my guest today, I'm grateful to have more than $400 in liquid assets. That's a big deal. And I didn't realize how much, and maybe some of you may have already realized that, and I'm late to the party, but there are folks in our community, our neighbors, who um, don't have $400 in liquid assets. So when a crisis like this hits, they have trouble um, getting back on their feet. And so my guest today will talk a little bit about that. Um, but before that, um, I'd like to share with you um, a few places where you can donate. Um, there are organizations where you can give tips to workers in your local community that work at restaurants and bars in the service industry, um, Feeding America, Meals on Wheels, Homeless Shelters. So I have a couple of links that I'd like to share. Um, and then, um, I'll let you listen in on a conversation that I recently had with one of my favorite people, um, a mentor and former professor of mine. So um, let me share that with you right now, those, um, those places. Let's see if this is working. Woohoo, the technology worked. I'm super excited when stuff works. So yeah, um, this is what we want everybody to do, help our neighbors feedingamerica.org, homeless shelter, shelter, pardon me, directory.org, uh, mealsonwheelsamerica.org, and service industry tips. Now, of course, my, um, my list is very US centric. Um, so I'll try and get a global list out to folks later. Um, and I'll also add those things to the show notes. But for now, this is a great start. Thanks so much, welcome back. Again, I'm C.T. Anderson. You can follow me on social media at C.T. Creation Care on all platforms, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter. Um, you can also send me an email. Let's connect at creationcareworldwide.com. Again, I'll leave that in the show notes as well. I'm C.T. Anderson. Thanks for joining. Um, today, I'm very excited to have one of my favorite people in all the world, Mr. Dennis Derrick, Professor Emeritus of the New School, and founder and head of uh, the Corbin Hill Food Project. Dennis is currently in New York, 
uh, just north of New York City, and he's going to tell us a little bit about his organization, the great work that they do, and what's going on in, in terms of their response to COVID-19. Dennis, it's all yours. Okay, uh, Corbin Hill Food Project was founded about 10 years ago, uh, 11 of us all together, and with 71% of us being Black and Latinx. And that was unique because that re reflected very much what our community looked like in terms of being able to serve a community where so often you have folks from the outside coming in and running programs in your community. This was something that we owned. And not only did we own it as a group, but we also made a pledge 10 years ago that all the folks who work with us and we serve will in, over time become owners of the farm. And we were just in the middle of that process, getting, getting folks uh, to the table in terms of making that transference of our 95 acres when COVID-19 has hit us. Uh, let me just quickly say that in the last two years, we've, we've, uh, we've distributed 168,000 shares uh, over, the four, over the four boroughs and that 66% of our, our sites serve people who are under 200% of the poverty level. What COVID-19 has done to us in the last uh, three weeks is that uh, in essence, our 19 sites that we currently have in the winter time have been reduced to five. It has meant that we have lost not only 60% in revenues, but most importantly, we have lost about 60 to 65% of the very people that we serve. And that's partially because of our overall strategy of working with hospitals and clinics. Very few people realize that in our community, Black and Latinx spend more time at hospitals and clinics than any other institution in their, in their community. So our ability to be able to reach them through these, through these venues, while successful, is really a disaster at a time of COVID where limitations are placed by all these hospitals and clinics as regards who can enter. So now we're in somewhat of a crisis in the sense that, uh, you know, having lost 60, 70% of our revenues in the last two to three weeks, what do we do next? Hey, Dennis, can you just pause and share what it is your farm share does so people know in case they're not okay. aware? Well, our farm share is a weekly, is a weekly uh, subscription process in which uh, individuals can sign up one week in advance uh, as opposed to CSA. There's no time, there's, they can sign up any time of the year, winter time, uh, summertime. As a matter of fact, when we included a winter share, we were the first to do so in the city, telling people, well, gee whiz, I thought our communities ate year round. What do you mean you only have a summer program? <laughs> and so that was, that was, you know, it seems so obvious now, but that was innovative 10 years ago. It okay. didn't exist in our community. Uh, so this farm share, we do it in a number of ways. Some people uh, pay a full price for it, which is $15 a share. Some people pay in what we call our social impact fund. Some people pay more than. And then a large number of our folks, I would say, we all subsidize them. The folks who, the folks who basically have paid in our social impact fund help subsidize almost all of those who are on SNAP. <clears throat> and and Dennis, you're based in um, the, the uh, uh, more ethnically diverse neighborhoods of New York City, correct? Yes, we are. Yes, we are. But you know, with gentrification, it's a very, you have to be very careful how you define what goes on in gentrification. So okay. that one block that we have distribution, we have, we have houses that sell for 3 million or more townhouses. And at the very end of those blocks, there are four buildings in which everyone is in subsidized housing. So okay. you have this incredible mix of folks who are on that block, 
who we now describe, <coughs> rather than talking about our individuals, <coughs> excuse me, as being low income or poor, what we're really talking about is the a community of people that we work with who essentially have no liquid assets. And right. I think it's a very important concept, and we have to get away from talking about whether people are poor, whether people are qualified, as, I spoke to, as opposed to speaking to people in terms of wealth. And that is, when you don't have $400 to keep you out of jail or to deal with an emergency, having to, do, to go to a hospital or to fix your car, and you have to go out there for loans, you know you don't have any money to spend for food. At a time like this, when so many of our people in our communities have lost their jobs and do not benefit from any of the, the uh, programs that exist having to do with unemployment insurance, having to do with health insurance and so forth. So this situation is really compounded. But we see this as an opportunity. We see this as an opportunity over the next uh, three or four weeks to actually go after, <clears throat> now that we're talking about raising money so that we can uh, supply free food to our community of raising the funds to do that and to reach <clears throat> and to reach many of our our uh, shareholders we love to call folks shareholders they're right. part of the parcel of this as opposed to just being a member of okay right. they're going to share in our produce they're going to share in ownership of our farm there is part of a communal wealth building a communal linking piece and so it's very important the terminology that we do use and we see this as an opportunity to raise the kinds of funds so that we can reach at least six thousand uh shares that we can distribute over the next three weeks at no cost but we need your help to do this we just can't do this on our own so how um, can i help dennis tell me well you can help by contributing going to our website and to the donate button and for that we have uh, corbinhillfoodproject.com no corbinhill-foodproject.org okay great okay and we would really appreciate it in the last week we have been amazed by the response of people who understand what it means to be community and to build community uh, cohesiveness and for neighbors helping neighbors. And in many ways, we're all neighbors and we're all there to save and keep and help each other. And so Dennis, uh, I missed our trip. I was supposed to see you in New York, uh, actually on March 14th. That was the day when they told us not to travel, I think. I realized so, Yeah. I realized uh, it was, uh, you know, the last month has been incredible for us. Uh, we've been we've been working 24-7, and I must say that while many of our sites have closed, one or two of the sites have really understood what the mission is, and that at this great time of need, they're doubling up their efforts in working with us in terms of being able, they themselves are beginning to raise money to provide food. So it's not it, it, it's oversimplistic to say that many of our health centers are closing. There's some, and that's understandable in terms of veterans hospitals, the numbers of people who come through there, et cetera. But it's also, one has to be also fair to those clinics that really understand community that are saying, we're going to find ways uh, to be able to serve the people most in need at this time of greatest need. And Dennis, your um, sites are typically at health locations uh, half, half our sites half our sites yeah. but uh, okay. half our sites are, are, are locations and many of them also are at schools and you know what's going on with the school system right. that's closing so those distribution sites are just out of the question 
uh, at this particular point in time. So we've lost, as I said, we're finding different ways because we are very, very close to many, many of our community groups. And so they're coming to the table saying, can you help us now? Especially if we don't have to be able to pay for the food because our, our, the folks that we work with just don't have that kind of liquid cash. Got it. So here I am here in Charlotte, North Carolina. There you are. You're not actually in New York City now. You've, you've gone up to Cooperstown to the farm, correct? Well, we're actually in, in Schoharie County at the farm right now. Got it. Okay. Um, but I can go online and still donate and purchase a share, uh, donate to your social impact fund so that some of my brothers and sisters in Harlem and the Bronx and Brooklyn can have access to fresh produce, correct? Absolutely. And I think this is very different. It's important that you mention fresh produce. It isn't that food is being distributed. Almost all of it is canned. None of it is very seldom do people get fresh produce. Okay. And what we're interested in is the fresh produce and right. the nutrient values that go to it. If you're going to give something, someone something to eat, uh, I think we have to, yes, we will need some canned food. And yes, many of these sites can only distribute that. But our specialty is distributing fresh produce. Right. And you've, had, you've been doing it for 10 years, so you've figured out the, the model that exactly. works. Exactly. Okay, wonderful. Well, Dennis, thank you so very much. Um, I'm going to have you as a guest again many, many times over since you just have a wealth of knowledge. All right. Thank you very much. <laughs> stay healthy. And to all our listeners, please stay healthy.